Why we speak in tongues is because God is so rich in power that he can decide to use any part of your body to glorify himself. He can use the tongue. He can use your mouth. He can use your eyes. He can use your legs. The Holy Spirit sits on my tongue and controls what comes out of me. He directs what I say. Acts of Apostle chapter 2 verse 4. That's for all the ladies. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. All the brothers. Alright, I read with the ladies right now. Can we be upstanding as our culture is while we read God's word together? Alright, let's read for the sisters right now. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I need all the sisters to say it very sound. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. As the Spirit gave them utterance, some transition says, as the Spirit enabled them to speak, okay? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in an older tongue. As the Spirit enabled them to speak. Right, let's go to where the brothers are. Okay, okay can we read together one to go? Let's start from verse 2. Wow. For one who speaks in tongue speaks not to men, but to God. Somebody say, Wow. For one who speak in tongue, speak not to men, but God. Tell somebody I like speaking to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirits. He utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to the people. And for their upbuilding and encouragement. And consolation. Verse 4 says, The one who speaks in tongue builds up himself. Uh, some translations says, some translations say edifies himself. Some translations say build up himself. Tell somebody I love building up myself. Okay, build up himself. What verse is that? But the one who prophesies build up the church. Tell somebody build up yourself before building up the church. Okay, and he said, now I want you to all speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesied is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. You may be seated in God's presence. I'll be preaching powerfully today and briefly on what I call why we speak in tongues. Okay, I'll be preaching on why we speak in tongues. Why we speak in tongues. Alright, I've discovered in life that Acts of Apostles chapter 2 verse 4 is very, very important for everybody to know as far as the New Testament is concerned. Same thing with 1 Corinthians chapter 14 verse 3. And First Corinthians 14 verse 3 is one of the most misinterpreted scripture. It's one of the most interpreted scriptures of the Bible. And the word utterance is one of the most misunderstood word in the Bible. One of the most misunderstood word in the Bible. One of the words that people don't understand the meaning is utterance. And one of the portions of the scripture People do not understand. As First Corinthians 14 verse 3. And the reason is simple. When a teacher wants to emphasize on something. And wants to make a clear emphasis on something. He, he is not careful. He will end up destroying one thing to build another thing. When a teacher wants to emphasize on something. Most times he destroys one thing to build up another thing. And that was what Paul did. If I want the church to pray, and everybody in our church, Refinery City, loves singing, and I want the church to pray, I can easily say, I want you to know how to pray. It's not about singing, singing, singing. 
And when I say it's not about singing, 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 I want you to pray. It now looks like I'm destroying singing to magnify praying. It's one of the errors that we teachers encounter anytime we want to lay emphasis on something. It's not that the singing, singing, singing is bad. It's just like how your mother says, I want you to go to the school and study, not walking around the whole campus. But Charlie, if you don't walk around the whole campus, you can't get to your, <laughs> you can't get to your lecture room. And when you see, when a teacher wants to emphasize on something, he deliberately or unconsciously, yeah, he unconsciously destroys some things to build some things. Alright, so Paul had people in his church called an active apostle, and almost everybody could speak in tongues in their church. And so they speak in tongues so much, but they didn't prophesy. And so now he wanted to emphasize more on people prophesying. And since he's a teacher, he looked like he had destroyed or make speaking in tongues to lose a little value while he upgraded prophecy. I bet there are a few things that he said which we will have to look at. He said when you speak in tongues, you speak not to men, you speak to God. I think that's the greatest thing that I can ever catch from that place. I grew up having a mindset that is always bigger than me. I always think of something bigger than me. That Sometimes when I discuss with people, I will not definitely have anybody to encourage me. Yeah, I have not really been having people to encourage me in all the things that I do. And the reason is because they do not understand me. People don't really like understanding me. It's when I now do that thing and the thing now functions, that's when they say, that's my son. That's my son. But when I'm do- trying to do it and try to explain it, people don't understand. And so, but if speaking in tongues is one way, Bible says when you speak in tongues, you speak unto God, then it makes me talk to somebody who can understand me. And so when we speak in tongues, we're speaking to God directly. Directly. And I call speaking in tongues, speaking in vernacular. And because we are not from this world, we are just strangers. We came here for a visit. Just came here for some time. And after some time, we are going to go and leave this world. That's why when the child of God is dead and some people cry, they don't just know that this is not our world. We were just passing. And it's so funny when you come to the world and want to drag everything and hold them as if your life depends here. We just came to pass. We came to pass to somewhere else. This is not really where we come from. This is not our language. English language, we learned them. There is another language that whenever the unction of where I come from comes upon me, I speak the language of where I come from. And that is speaking in tongues. And so I say to people who care to listen that speaking in tongues is speaking in vernacular. I'm speaking in my native language from where I come from. I don't come from here. I come from heaven. I came from heaven and uh, it's just because some people prayed so much for a pastor. God decided to send me. And so I don't come from here. So for me to be able to connect to the source of where I come from, I have to speak in the language that matters so much. All right, so it's very, very wonderful that the first thing the Holy Spirit had to do when he came upon the people was to just make them speak in their own tongue. And the same thing is what soldiers do. Every military organization have their language. They have their language. So sometimes, for those of you who like buying some clothes and wearing them, if you buy a cloth that looks like army clothes and wear them, don't travel. If you travel and some soldiers meet you on the way, what they will do to you is just speak some languages and if you cannot understand, if it is Troza, then you are going to go home with boxers. And that is if you wore one. But if you are people who like taking risks, wearing soldiers' uniform without even wearing boxers, then you have to check somebody around who will be able to give you his boxer. And because they will have to strip you because they know how to identify their people. They just speak their language and if you are not part of them, you jones. That's one of the things I do. See, sometimes you can pray and you don't even know the voice that you are hearing, if it is of God or not. Sometimes you can have thoughts and you don't know if the thoughts that you are hearing 
is of God or not, or the devil speaking. One way to scare the devil, if it is the devil speaking, is I start speaking in tongues. If I start speaking in tongues and the thought continues, then it's God. If I start speaking in tongues and the thought stopped, then it's not God. Because at that point, the devil who was ministering to me is confused. Oh God, how I wish I was preaching to a lively church. The devil that was ministering to me is confused. Sometimes people try to mimic people. Have you ever been called by somebody before and the 419 tried to dupe you? Yeah. At 419, wanted to dupe one of my daughters and said, guess who is speaking? And the person said, daddy, I think you are the one. And said, yes, that time I was in Ghana. I said, I'm sending you some laptops. I just want you to send 5,000 out to somebody who will bring the laptop. And the person started using our languages. Our languages like, like, wow, like Charlie and so on. The person said, it's not Charlie. When he said he's not Charlie, he said, no, 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 no. The person, he's not my father. He's not my father. If it is my father, he knows how to answer those kind of things. And he could get the person because of our languages. The same thing is in spiritual realm also. There is a language in the realm of the spirit. When I meet God, I will not be speaking in English language for him. I'll be talking to him in the language of the angels. I'll be talking to him in our dialects. And the most misunderstood word in the whole Bible, one of the most, it may not be the most, but one of the most is found in that Acts of Apostles chapter 2 verse 4, where the Bible talks about all trans. And some people misunderstand us. Somebody came to last man standing and said, I love all the things that they are doing, but I didn't like how they started speaking in tongues. Somebody close to me started speaking in tongues and I did not like it. And so on. The truth is because the person has misunderstood the word utterance. Utterance is just an act of uttering. An act of uttering, which means the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to utter what we've uttered. And the word utterance is not just attached to speaking in tongues alone. It's attached to every other thing. That's why you could hear Paul in First Corinthians said, pray that the Lord will give me utterance to speak his word. And so what he's talking about is tell God to give me the ability to speak his word the way I should speak it. So he's not just about the speaking in tongues alone. It is about uttering. This is what people feel. They feel if you... I'm getting so deep right now. I need you to pay attention. They feel if you are to speak in tongues, that the prayer must be so hot in such a way that it burns your tongue. And when it burns your tongue, have you ever eaten a hot beans before and all of a sudden the beans become so hot that you have to pull some out and at the same time you want to talk at the same time. You just find yourself speaking in an unknown tongue. Some people feel that the prayer should be so hot and that the intensity of the prayer should be like one 150 degrees Celsius and all of that, we just get unconscious and we have to get unconscious. That's what some people believe. We have to get unconscious to speak in tongues and when we come to consciousness, we say, what was I speaking? Well, it's not like that always. Though it's like that sometimes, I bet it's not like that always. So if you want it to be like that, then it means, oh, for some people, it is always like that. And the reason is because they don't have the gifts of speaking in tongues. And now, uh, I want you to listen right now. There are two ways of speaking in tongues. We either speak in tongues by unction or as a gift. We either speak in tongues as an unction or as a gift. Unction means I am pushed. That is that one that the prayer was so much that the person is pushed into speaking just two lines. And when it comes to his consciousness, it comes back to reality. I feel like telling you a story before I continue. A king brought out all the people in the community to come and stand. And he had a crocodile. He was launching his crocodile swimming pole. And in the crocodile swimming pole, there were a lot of crocodiles there. And he said he wants somebody who can take over from him since he did not have a male child. He said he wants somebody who can take over from him when he dies. And he just had one female child. He said anybody who will marry my daughter will definitely become the man who will take care of this kingdom. But I don't just want to give this to anybody like that. I want anybody who will have the courage to go into this swimming pool that is full of crocodile, swim to the other side, and the person will marry my daughter. And unfortunately, all the men gathered and nobody wanted to do it. It was getting to an hour, and from one hour to one hour, 30 minutes, and after one hour, 30 minutes to one hour, 45 minutes, and all of that. And all of a sudden, they just saw one slim 
a fair young guy who got into the water and swam very fast and came out at the other side and everybody was shouting celebrating the young man they were so happy they embraced the guy and the guy said who pushed me <laughs> so so unction is when you're pushed to do something you wouldn't have done in your right senses and so i think i've been able to explain it now unction is when you're pushed by the holy spirit to do something you wouldn't have done in a normal you sometimes you pray for some people when they meet uh, people who are sick they pray too much for a long time until the unction comes upon them for them to lay hands on the person and the person gets healed but there is another bigger level that is bigger than that and that is operating in the gifts now in speaking in tongues it happens the same way there are people who don't have the gift of speaking in tongues if first corinthians chapter 12 tells us that speaking in tongues is a gift so there are people who don't have the gift of speaking in tongues just the same way people don't have the gift of healing it's not everybody that has a gift of healing it's not everybody that has a gift of interpretation of tongues i'm not even sure i have one person in this room who has a gift of interpretation of tongues that one is the most scarce gift so far and the gift of speaking in tongues is the most common okay so uh, the same way people don't have that gift is the same way somebody may not have a gift of speaking in tongues okay but it does not mean that the person cannot speak in tongues the same way with people who don't have a gift of healing you understand it's not everybody who has a gift of healing just few who has a gift of healing but it doesn't mean the person who does not have a gift of healing cannot heal he can heal through an unction do you understand he was preaching about healing and the preaching becomes so hot and people get healed it's different from somebody waking up from sleep and there's a pastor this guy is sick say who is that you are healed in Jesus name and after 5 minutes the person says he's healed the pastor doesn't need to pray for a long time until he gets into 160 degree celsius and now heal the person and come down to zero no 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 he has the gifts do you understand the difference between the gifts and the unction now uh-huh. so sometimes people operate on unction and uh, some people operate on gifts i would love you to operate more on the gifts than the unction I love you to operate more on the gifts than the unction and the reason is very simple the reason is because sometimes john may not demand you praying to us before executing some things i think jesus operated more on the gifts than the unction that's why he can stand on lazarus grave and just pray some simple prayers like god i know you've been hearing me and today you're about hearing me again lazarus come out so and that was just that and somebody who does not have the gifts will not be able to do like that because when it has to do with the gifts i can wake up i don't know how many people know how to cook here especially some food that really takes time i don't have that gift anyway so so even if you give me two weeks to plan and somebody who has the gifts some of you have converted all your anointing into cooking that's your business so the person who has converted all his cooking anointing into cooking a fang soup just wake up and wants to cook a fang soup you don't need to tell the person that he's competing with me and you can tell me two weeks before the time the person will still cook and come out best somebody hearing what i'm saying if somebody has a gift of something wake the person up by 2am and tell the person i want you to sing the song you people sang in church on sunday and if the person has a gift of singing all you need to do is let the sleep get out of the person's eye and he will sing but for somebody who doesn't know how to sing he has to get into training before he knows how to sing or something and so now speaking in tongues down become either you speak in tongues by unction that's too much prayers and so much of anointing comes upon you and you start speaking or you speak as a gift so now people who have the gift of speaking in tongues may not really need to pray for a long time and get into 160 degree celsius before they speak they can just wake up from the sleep and while they are stressing themselves they just lead at a kaya do So now for some people who don't understand that they will feel who are you to speak like that. Have you ever spoken in tongues before and somebody calls you and warn you who are you as if you were speaking the person's language? Why you have to speak like that? You have to be filled and let the Holy Ghost lift you into the tongue realm. <laughs> and so it's always very wonderful. So one time I was praying and so much I said that oh God I want to speak in tongues more than how I speak English language. And uh, I was praying so much I think I was in year 2 or year 3. was praying so much and lord and i heard a man who said his son in the lord used to wake up with tongues when you want to wake him up and said go and wash the car when he wakes up he said leave a cup of that car so what did you say <laughs> he just he wakes up with tongues 
The man said he went to the Lord. I said, Lord, I covet that gift. Have you read the scripture where the Bible is saying that covet spiritual gifts? Yeah. Yeah. See, if I see you with gift of healing and I like it, I said, Lord, I covet it. And I start walking in it. And before you know where I have it. So when I heard that, I said, Lord, I covet the gift. One day somebody wanted to call me. I told a lady, call me when it is two o'clock. I have an exams by four. And when she came and tapped at me, I just woke up with tongues. What is it? What's the problem? So that now becomes a gift because I can speak when I'm conscious and when I'm unconscious. Do you understand? And we can just say, let's speak in tongues. And we just start. It's just like they say, let's sing. And it's just that. Spirit lead me I see. It's just a gift. It's just a gift. And now let me talk more on utterance now because I feel like dropping the mic and so that you can go. And now utterance is one of the most powerful words that I want you to understand. It is two-sided. One is an English meaning. The other one is a Greek meaning. Now utterance is the acts of uttering, which means, remember God knows our heart. He knows our mind. He knows the meditations of our heart. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So while my heart is meditating on something before he speaks it out, God puts something in my heart that comes through my mouth. And so now he directs what I say. And so that is what is called utterance. He is the one who utters. He's the one who commands the words that come out from my mouth. He's the one. That's what utterance means. He commands the word who comes from my mouth. And he may not be that too serious, like you are unconscious and you have something drawing. No, he can just be very simple, like Zata Kabalidakoya. That what you are saying now is what God has removed from you. And now you have to understand that when you are speaking in tongues, you wouldn't be able to speak if he did not call the words to come out. Oh, I remember those days when I did not have the gift of speaking in tongues. Charlie, I tried to fake it. I tried to fake it because all my friends who were around could speak in tongues. And my case was different. I had the Holy Spirit eight months and could not speak in tongues. I had the Holy Spirit for eight months. I did not have the gift of speaking in tongues. I had the Holy Spirit. I could feel all the presence of the Holy Spirit around me, but I could not. And so that annuls the fact people used to say that speaking in tongues is an evidence of the Holy Spirit. That's not true. It's not true at all. That when the Holy Ghost came on them does not really make it an evidence. If we want to really put an evidence to it, it, we can really say power. Because the Bible says you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. So now power becomes like what we can say, according to T.L. Osborne, what we can say is the evidence of the Holy Spirit. But to make it more complicated, which I would like to make it more complicated, if it has to do with the Spirit, if it has to do with Holy Spirit, and spirit is not something that we can see, then it doesn't have evidence. If it has evidence, then we are walking on sight. If it has no evidence, then we are walking on faith. So the question was a wrong question from the beginning when people asked, what's the evidence of the Holy Spirit? It cannot have an evidence because it has something to do with spirits. It's just the Holy Ghost controlling the movement of things in such a way that we can't explain. Have you ever felt so much of the unction of God and you can't explain what you're feeling? But you know so much that you're, what you're feeling is the presence of God. But you can put it into writing and describe how you're feeling and what you're feeling. Has it happened to somebody before? It is something that is undescribable. It's something that we cannot predict. It's something that we cannot arrange. And that's why we have to understand the scripture that says, They that are laid by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to manipulate your mind, manipulate your thoughts, manipulate what you think, manipulate what comes out of your mouth, manipulate what you do, manipulate what you see, manipulate everything around you. And how can you do that when you are still living in sin? How can the Holy Ghost take control over everything around you when you are still living in sin? Let me tell you more things about uh, the Holy Spirit. Whenever I think about the Holy Spirit, I think about the fuseness, the fuseness of the Holy Spirit. The fuseness is the mixture. How he can come to somebody like this and mix himself with this person until he cannot be separated from this person. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. If he has, if you have fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you, he mixes up himself with you until there cannot be difference between you and him. He mixes up. That is one of the things 
about co-creation. He comes in with you and produce something. He mixes up the oh God. First Corinthians thing six verse seventeen tells us about they that are joined to God are one with God and have the same spirit with God. That's the mixture. They that are one with God become one with God and they have the same spirit with God. So you can differentiate their spirits now with the spirit of God because they've been so mixed until they are the same. Their thinking becomes the thinking of God. That's why God said to us that we should meditate upon his word day and night. When we meditate upon his word day and night, he mixes up with our thinking that the thing we now think becomes what God is thinking in us. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Am I getting too deep? So another thing is utterance. The word utterance is that the Holy Spirit sits on my tongue and controls what comes out of me. He directs what I say. And the utterance is not just only limited to speaking in tongues. It is also to the things we say. That's why sometimes you can call somebody and start talking to the person. And before you know it, you don't even know that the Holy Spirit is directing you to what the person's problem is. And as you're talking to the person, the person starts crying. And it's not your words that is making the person to be that pushed. It is the power of the Holy Ghost sitting on your tongue. And that is utterance. When God decides to manipulate your tongue. God is so rich in power that he can decide to use any part of your body to glorify himself. He can use the tongue. He can use your mouth. He can use your eyes. He can use your legs. He can use your hands. He can use your breath. He can even use your voice. He can use everything around you. That is when you yield yourself to God. And that's why the Bible says, they that are led by the Spirit of the Lord are the sons of God. Are the sons of God. And now the fusion, the fusion, when I'm talking about fusion, I need you to think about uh, mixing coke with water. At a point when you mix coke with water, you can't differentiate the water that you put in coke again. Just mixing it. I know of a man who was so mixed up with God. He was so mixed up with God until he would speak and say, according to my word. When Elijah was talking about rain not falling for three and a half years, when he finished talking, he said, well, according to my word, there will be no rain nor dew for three and a half years. But the truth is that the man of God did not know that he is so fused and mixed up with God that anything he says becomes what God is saying. I needed to go to Numbers. Numbers chapter 12 mazes me up when God was describing who Moses is. He said, Moses is my son. And if there be any prophet among you, I'll talk to the prophet in dreams and in vision. But for Moses, my servant, I don't talk to him in dreams and vision. I talk to him mouth to mouth. But in communication science, that's not really ideal. Because in communication science, we don't talk mouth to mouth. We talk mouth to ear. We talk from encoder to the decoder. Somebody hearing what I'm saying? Encoder to decoder. That is from the mouth to the ear. So I was talking to God. I said, God, you can never be wrong. But I want to have an understanding of what you were saying. God said, what I do with somebody that I have relationship with is that I mask the person. I mask. You know what mask is? I put the person on me. I put the person on me. So when you put on a mask on your face, your eyes is in the eyes of the mask. Your other eyes is on the eyes of the mask. Your nose is in the nose of the mask. Is somebody getting what I'm saying? Do you know what mask is? Your mouth is in the mouth of the mask. Now, if you speak, the mask speaks too. If you talk, the mask will also be opening his mouth to talk because not really the mask doing something, but the man behind the mask. So God said to me, will you allow me to come behind you and use you just like a mask? I'll be the one talking, but your mouth will be the one opening. I'll be the one seeing, but your eyes will be the one that is open. I'll be the one breathing when your nose is just the one shaking. I need to be behind you and do the things. That's why the Bible could tell us in Mark Gospel, it said, lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. Which means I'm just laying the hand of the mask, but there's a hand behind my hand who does the things that I do. So now, speaking in tongues becomes one of the greatest things because... Uh, 
the man of God Paul said that when we speak in tongues, we edify ourselves. We we resist ourselves from where we were to where God wants us to be. So if you speak in tongues for two hours, you have lifted up yourself and building up yourself. I love the book of Jude. Jude says, building up yourself, your most holy faith, speaking in tongues. And so the more I speak in tongues, the more I'm lifted up, the more I speak in tongues, the more I'm lifted up, the more I speak in tongues, the more I'm lifted up, the more I speak in tongues, the more I'm lifted up. If you have demons praising you all the night, one way to get rid of that nonsense is just start waking up in the night to speak in tongues. When you just speak in tongues, the more you speak in tongues, the more you are bigger, the more you speak in tongues, the more building is going on. The more you speak in tongues, the more they are putting up blocks in the building. The more you are speaking in tongues, the more the building is going on until the name of the Lord becomes a strong tower where the righteous can run into it and get saved. And so now, God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So he makes us speak in tongues and we don't even know what we are speaking. Because he wants it to be foolish in the ears of people who do not know God, but it's mysterious in his ears. And so people who don't understand what speaking in tongues is, feel that the people are drunk, feel that the people are mad, but they don't know that the people are having a direct connection with God. They are not talking to somebody to explain to God. I know there are some churches who pray for somebody to pray to God. They pray to some of the saints, or the saints to pray for God. But sometimes they are so unfortunate that they pray to saints who are in hell, who can't even see God. So they pray for the saints to pray for God, and it's not really working like that. But the Bible said when we speak in tongues, we speak it unto the Lord. We speak unto the Lord. So that's number one, why we speak in tongues. We speak in tongues because we are speaking to God. We speak to God. He's the only one that can understand my thoughts. He's the only one that can understand me. He's the only one that understands exactly what I need. He's the only one that knows all about my trouble. He's the only one that knows exactly what I have to do. When I speak in tongues, I leave communicating with people and I start talking to God. And, and this is very wonderful. This is going to get you interesting. Right now, when you speak in tongues, you are talking to God directly. That is noted now. But when you speak in tongues, you are not talking to God in a language that he needs an interpreter. You are talking to him in his own dialect. So he understands the very Sometimes languages get lost. The meaning and the depth of a particular language get lost when it is interpreted. Somebody get what I'm saying? The depth of some languages gets lost when it is interpreted. When you try to interpret some things, they lose the original meaning. They are not as heavy as it was. I don't know whether you have such languages in your language. But when I speak in tongues, I tell him in detail what it is. I tell him what exactly I need. And speaking in tongues, the second one, I need you to write that down. Why we speak in tongues is that when I speak in tongues, I call on the Holy Spirit to do the prayers for me. When I speak in tongues, I call on the Holy Spirit to do the prayers for me. What I'm saying is that I do not know what to pray for. Okay, that is written in Romans chapter 8. I don't know what to pray for. That's what the Bible is saying. When we don't know what to pray for, and the Lord comes in and uses the groanings of our hearts that cannot be altered. And that's another preaching for another day. I have a message called from audio to video. And I have another message that is called from silence to audio. And the silence to audio is that from when I have groanings in my heart that cannot be altered. So when now alter the groaning, it is what happens from my silence to audio. Because when God is talking about groanings in my heart that cannot be altered, what it means is that if I say, mm, in the spirit, he have just uttered it. So that's not what he's saying. So God says, I move beyond your words to your silence. And I search the prayers you've been praying. That's why you don't even understand that your thoughts are prayers. That's why we have to control our hearts with all amounts of diligence. Because this is where the issues of life is. Most times you don't even know that when you think about immorality, you're praying. You are praying. So when you pray, God comes around because your thought was supposed to be saturated and garnished by God. So when you start thinking, angels start gathering. Because uh, prayer is in two ways. Prayer is uh, exceedingly, abundantly, far above what we could ever ask or think. So there are two types of prayer. The asking prayer, and that is the verbal prayer, to the thinking prayer. And so when a child of God is thinking, God is so much interested in what he's thinking. And the thinking 
is what is called meditation. So God is interested not just in the things that I say, but in the things that I'm thinking about. That's why my heart has to be holy. That's why my mind has to be holy. That's why my thoughts have to be holy. That's why I have to be careful of the things I look at. Because when I look at something negative, it comes into my mind and makes me start to think. I don't want to get the angels embarrassed that when they come to listen to my thinking, they saw me thinking about immorality. They saw me thinking about sin. They saw me thinking about how to sleep with someone. They saw me thinking about... It is so embarrassing that they gather. They gather to take my prayers. But my prayer was filled with deaths. Filled with deaths. So, the second reason why we speak in tongues is because... It's because of what? We call on the Holy Spirit to do the prayer for us. And the Bible says, lean not onto your own understanding. Oh, which one is my understanding? My understanding is English language. I, I know how to put the lessons and the structure according to how they thought me. Unless they have changed the things right now in school. I know how to put some things right. I know how to uh, put up the things and put comma and so on. So those are my understanding. But God said, don't lean on your understanding. The reason is because if somebody says he has a stomach pain. Well, this is where the stomach is. Am I right? Or they have changed it. This is where the stomach is. But here in the stomach you have the liver. Is the liver around here? We have the small intestines. We have the large intestines. We have what is called stomach. Very little. We have what else? We have what else here? We have the kidney going down right down here. Alright, so when you say you have stomach pain, we don't understand what you mean. It could be a pain from the liver. It could be a pain from the intestine. It could be a pain from the stomach. That is maybe because of what you eat. It could be a pain from somewhere or maybe kidney. So now, if I want to lean on my understanding, I'll pray for stomach pain. And when I pray for stomach pain, there's something called stomach inside the stomach. And so, you may pray amiss. You may pray amiss if the problem is actually in the small intestine. But when I lay hands and I say, Lee He knows exactly where to go to. Now this is another thing. Another thing about utterance, another word for utterance, which I would love you to know is that the Holy Spirit makes meaning. It gives meaning to the things I utter. That's the second Greek word for utterance. The first one is that he helps me to utter the things I utter. And the second one is that he gives meaning to the things I say. And so now when God listens to me, he doesn't hear anything else. He hears the real meaning of what I'm saying. You understand? So I can be saying the same thing, for two hours. And it's not the same thing God is hearing he is hearing different things because the Holy Spirit adds meaning to the things that I say. So each time I utter something, he puts meaning to it. Oh my God. Each time I utter something, he puts meaning to it. Each time I utter something, he puts meaning to it. Each time I utter it. Before he gets to God, he puts meaning to it. He speaks meanings to it. He puts meanings to it. Meanings to it. Until I can now pray correctly. When Jesus taught the people how to pray, he told them, when you want to pray, this is what you do. Lord, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name, my kingdom come, all of that. And when he finished all the prayers, one of the things he told them is that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will teach you how to pray. He'll teach you how to pray. Another word for teaching us how to pray is that he will pray for us. He will pray for us. And how to pray for us is that when we speak in the tongue that we don't know, he puts meaning to it and it goes to God directly. How I wish you understand why lawyers are in the court. Why lawyers are in the court is that you don't know the right thing to say. You can say some things in the court and get yourself implicated. One man was in the court and they asked him, are you guilty or not guilty? And he saw guilty to be a very nice word. And he said, I am guilty. And that takes him to the jail because there was no lawyer to put explanation to his feelings. And now, even if you are so filled of God and you get into meditations and you are just walking inside the room and you are just Zika Dadakaya. 
In fact, sometimes you don't even say anything and you just move. The Holy Spirit starts giving meaning to all the things that you are doing. It gives meaning to your heart's desire. It gives meaning to your thinking. It gives meaning to... That's why it is so bad to be carnal. It's so bad for you to depend on your mind and depending on your thinking. It's so bad for you to depend on your physicality. It's so bad for you to depend on your English language. It's so bad when you depend on your lexis and structure. Uh, so bad for you to depend on the things that you say. It is good enough when you allow the Holy Spirit to take control over the things that you think. That the prayer you pray is not what you really wanted to pray. But it's what God wants you to pray. I feel like concluding right now. Okay, have we talked about edifying? One of the reasons why we have to pray in tongues is that, why we pray in tongues is that it edifies, it edifies. Before doctors treat anybody, put injections into somebody's body, one of the things they do is that they take methylated spirits, put it in a cotton wool, and clean the surface before they put it. All the people who use uh, immunization, can I see your hand? Alright, am I right? They put cotton wool and what they do is that they sterilize the place. Sterilizing the place is that they get the place clean from bacteria. And the devil looks like bacteria. The devil looks like bacteria. Demons look like bacteria. So if I want to get into a place and the place is not really sterilized, what I do is that when I enter, I start likadadakaya. Zukaboshika. When I just say like that, I am sterilizing the place. Demons start relocating. They start packing to another place. They just know that some other person has taken control over the building. There are some chemicals that when you spread around, snakes leave the place they just advise themselves and leave the place. For those of you who have soldier ants around you, I know a very simple way to take care of soldier ants. When you have soldier ants around you, what you need to do is go and buy insect powder. I don't know if it kills it, but when once you put it around, you just see in five minutes, you see them redirecting their movement and start running away. One day when I was doing it, the Holy Spirit tells me that's exactly what demons do when we start speaking in tongues. When we start speaking in tongues, they move to another direction. Sometimes you don't need to pray much prayers when you have some attack. You just need to lay hands on yourself and start speaking in tongues. God said to me a few days ago, he said, most people are very quick in praying for people, but they don't pray for themselves. When somebody is sick, you are so quick to lay hands. Receive healing in Jesus' name. But when you are sick, you forget to lay hands and say, receive healing in Jesus' name. It's so funny that, that we are quick to pray for people. That's why sometimes people who pray for people are always sick. And when they are sick, they don't even pray for themselves. So when we speak in tongues, another one is that we speak mystery. The enemy is confused. The enemy knows how to copy people's prayer point. The enemy does not really know what God wants to do with us. So one of the things he does in Genesis is that he asks if what did God say you shouldn't do? What did God say you should not do? Did God say you should not touch any of the things or is there anything? So he tries to get the answers from me. And that is in English language. When you are trying to talk in the normal tongue that you're used to, he knows how to get the real thing from you. And when I start speaking in tongues, I get him confused because he doesn't even understand how. How to understand. He does not understand what I'm saying. He gets confused because the Bible says when we speak in tongues, we speak mystery. So what I'm speaking Another word for mystery is that what I am saying is so deep a meaning. It needs to be open and open and open. It needs to be expanded and expanded and expanded and expanded. So when I speak one line in speaking in tongues, it expands and expands and expands. And that one speaking in tongues, like it may be explained in one volume or a very big book, what you were saying. So this is what God does. The Holy Spirit sits on us. And give us the prayer points to pray. And when we pray, we have a victory. And that is speaking in tongues. So this is what it means to grieve the spirits. The Holy Spirit does not live anywhere. He lives in us. He lives inside of us. He lives in our body. Oh, he does not have where to stay. Remember the mask stuff I told you. He's a spirit, so he can stay anywhere. He stays in us. He stays behind and inside of us. That's why we can say Christ in us, the hope of glory. And now, when you get into immorality, you send him out. You send him out. And you send him out of your body. And the Bible say, when we grieve the spirit, and we make him angry. He was the one who came to show us direction. He's the light of God. He knows when accident is on the way. He whispers to you that there's an accident. 
for you to run out of the accident. But now you've gripped him and seen him out because of your attitude. You've stolen something because of how you lie, because of immorality. And the things that you're thinking, you've seen him packing. And since he had now got out of your body, you start struggling to get through. You start struggling and start struggling. And no matter how much you struggle on your own, you cannot get to where you should be. So you struggle all alone and struggle all alone because the light is off. But I heard the Bible said in Revelation, I stand at the door and knock. If there is anybody who will open the door, I'll come in and make my abode in him. I'll come in and make his body my house. I'll come in and stay there. I'll come in and live there. You can't succeed on your own. There's a power that is beyond all the powers. There's a power that controls our life. This world is more of the spiritual than physical. The physical is just the mirror of the real thing. The real thing is really the spiritual world. There's a power controlling the activities of this world. That's why sometimes you make up your mind not to do a particular thing. But you see yourself going back to something you've made up your mind not to do. There's a power that controls the activity of this world. And people who are spiritual are the ones who control the world physically. You can't do without the Holy Spirit. You can't do without the power of God. You can't do without the presence of God. All of those names is still the Holy Spirit. Shall we be upstanding? Lift up your hands, everybody. Just a few minutes. I'm praying for you now. Thank you, Lord. So this is why we speak in tongues. Uh, Our prayer works faster when we speak in tongues. Works very fast when we speak in tongues. We speak in tongues, we speak mystery. The devil don't even understand. When we speak in tongues, the devil gets into confusion. The devil gets into confusion. Lift your hands and start worshipping God. Thank you for the spirits. The disciples struggled to live a holy life for years. They could not. They struggled to live a holy life nowhere. They even promised Jesus. Peter promised him and said, I will not reject you. I'll not deny you. Nowhere. He made his promise many times. I will not deny you. I swear I'm not going to deny you. No way. He promises and fails always. But when the Holy Ghost came, the journey became very, very simple. Because the Holy Spirit is like you driving a bicycle on a valley. You don't even need to turn the irons. It goes down. All you need even to do is to control the pace. The Holy Ghost gives you a seed drive. When other people need a push, you you just be struggling with speed because the Holy Spirit is present. Lift your hands up, Lord. Thank you for the lesson. We are blessed. Start talking to God in just one minute. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, go and look for him. Go and look for the Holy Spirit. He's a great teacher. He's a comforter. He's the leader. He is the joy of God. He is everything you can ever think of. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, go and seek for Him. If you've grieved Him, go and make peace with Him. You need Him more than everything. You need Him more than how you need your life. If you've grieved the Holy Spirit, go and settle with Him. Go and make Him happy with you again. The Holy Spirit is ever-present. The Holy Spirit is always ready. The Holy Spirit is always available. The Holy Spirit is always sincere. He is always with us. The power of the Holy Spirit is so powerful. He's so powerful. He's so powerful. He's so powerful. 
that he can send out 500,000 demons at the same time. Hinke de besunga da bakaya. Jararabo shintuba zekadokakuya. The Holy Spirit is the expression of God's power. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lay hands on your forehead. Lay hands on your forehead. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. He will direct you. He will comfort you. He will guide you. He will convict you. He will teach you. He will lead you. He will nurture you. He will build you up. Somebody you are here, you are called. God has called you, but you have been thinking, how will I do it? He will direct you. He will teach you. He will raise you up. God is saying, I should talk to some few people here. God said, if you stop, if you stop grieving me, if you stop making me to be grieved, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to help you. I'll be your father. I'll be your mother. I'll give you people that you never had. If you would just stop grieving me. If you stop making me sad always. If you stop making me sad. I'll lift you up. I'll be a father to you. I'll take you to a place you never thought of. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hands down, everybody. Eyes closed. If you're here in this house, you've not given your life to Jesus. I'm praying for you right now as you lift up your right hand. If you're here in this house, you don't know about Jesus. You have not given your life to Jesus. You've been hearing Jesus, but you have not given your life to Jesus. You're still living in sin. You're living the way you like. You have not given Jesus your life. Your life is still controlled by sin. You do whatever thing you like. Jesus is not the Lord and Savior over your life. I'm praying for you right now. I just need you to, in obedience, lift up your right hand and receive the prayer right now. Just lift up your right hand and receive the prayer right now. You need Jesus. You can't do without him. You need Jesus. It's all that you've been looking for. It is all that you are looking for. It's the real essence why we are here. And you'll be wasting time without Jesus, Charlie. You'll just be wasting your life. But if you are here, you want to give Jesus your life. You lose nothing. So lift up your right hand. And I'm praying for you. I've seen a hand up. Lift up your right hand. And I'm praying for you. Lord, I pray for the hand that is lifted up. I pray for the hand that is lifted up. I pray for a fresh encounter and encounter of the Holy Spirit upon your life. An encounter of the Holy Spirit upon your life. I speak over you. I declare in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit shall take control over your life and make you hate sin and love righteousness in Jesus' name.